Did you know that pineapple is neither pine nor apple? Look at this thing. Is this even a rare fruit? What makes a rare fruit? Have you ever thought of that? Come on with me, I'll show you. Yeah, every time I tell people like how pineapples grow, they're like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, it's like a bush. <laughs> so what even makes a fruit rare? Like, is that a real term? Well, there, so our local fruit tree club is called the Manatee Rare Fruit Council. Right. So it sounds like it's a technical <laughs> term, but I, I, I don't think that rare fruit as such is, is really a, a thing. A tropical fruit is probably the best, the best term. Um, because rarity as such, um, again, I don't think it has a specific meaning and the, the popularity of growing a fruit depends on a number of factors. Yeah. Um, first of all, how, does it taste good? Is it easy to grow here? Um, is it commercially viable? A lot of factors grow into how, how much a fruit is grown. We are here with Daryl. Uh, welcome to Flora Funga Podcast. Uh, I am KK and we have found an amazing fruit farm here. So give the listeners a little bit of who you are. Uh, how long have you been here and what, why fruit in general? I can do that, yes. <laughs> um, well, I spent mo most of my career indoors, mm -hmm. writing and thinking and talking and uh, I was ready for a big change, um, even though I liked my work. And so when I turned 60, uh, my wife and I moved to Florida in uh, 2012. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be outside and I wanted to pursue all the things I hadn't had time to pursue. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were always very interested in the food system uh, and sort of environmental concerns, resource limits, all these things. and. Um, the, kind of the as we studied food the more we learned about it the more sort of shocked we became at industrial <laughs> industrial agriculture yes. and all its impacts <laughs> so i had i was very much planning to do vegetable gardening i wanted mm -hmm. to grow those vegetables yeah. and, <laughs> yes. and uh definitely needed i knew i wanted one to two acres so we were able to fortunately acquire uh two acres here mm -hmm. And when I got here, I found out that growing vegetables in this, in this part of Florida is a challenge. It can be done, um, but it's really, uh, this area is not that well adapted to vegetable growing for most kinds of vegetables. Mm. But it's wonderfully adapted to fruit trees. Oh. It's why, why is it not so good for vegetables? Um, the challenges are, first of all, the, the, the heat is so conducive to insects and oh. vegetable, modern vegetables are very subject to insect attack. So, because they've, been, they've not been selected for insect resistance. We use the pesticide method, so we don't breed for insect resistance. Yeah, yep. okay. So we, you know, we breed for market concerns. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the insects are a big problem. The second problem is that um, the soil here is sandy. Yes. And that is not good for vegetables because vegetables like very, very nutrient-rich, fertile soil in general. Whereas for fruit trees, the sandy soil is pretty much ideal. They like good drainage, they're perennial, so they don't like super high fertility. And so uh, the fertile, the sandy soil here is actually a 
wonderful for growing fruit trees. So I started to get more interested in fruit trees and uh, learned, started learning about them and found out that this is just an ideal spot in many ways for fruit. Not only the soil, but the climate. The climate has just the right amount of winter. It has very, very, we have very mild winters, so you can grow many, many different kinds of fruits. We can grow temperate climate fruits if they're suitable varieties. We can grow subtrop. we're a subtropical climate, so any subtropical vegetable or fruit, and some of the tropicals we can grow here. There's great infrastructure here, there's a large population for markets, and you can run through the list. It's just a, a great place to grow fruit. All right. Yeah, I have heard once moving here is like you only have a specific number of months to grow vegetables because the summertime is way too hot. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of in line with that and that's why fruit is... Yeah, there's, there's definitely some good vegetable growing that goes on here. The, mm -hmm. the winter the winter cool season is good for vegetables. Okay. One thing I'd like to say kind of at the outset is I, I don't want to call myself a farmer mm -hmm. because anybody who makes a living or or even just a profit growing food yep. definitely has my respect and my hat is off because I'm a, I'm a hobby farmer which means I lose money every year and I don't mind because <laughs> that's what I'm doing instead of skiing or deep sea fishing or golfing or whatever, mm -hmm. right? I, I, I like to spend my money farming. So, so I, don't, I, I, call, I guess I would call myself a hobby farmer or a gentleman okay. farmer or something like that to, to not mm -hmm. be mistaken for a, a real farmer that's, that's a really challenging oh, occupation. Okay. So having the definition of a farmer is somebody that makes profit on top of yes actually yeah. grows grows at a profit okay and then if you add on that you want to grow at a profit without doing a lot of environmental damage and mm. so forth then then you're getting really oh, into rarefied heights of Layers challenge of yes okay so why mulch or why so much mulch around the bottoms what does that do for it the mulch is our primary fertility source um, okay. as it breaks down it sets off the soil food web okay. and um, just add because the sandy soil uh, organic matter tends to de drain, kind of leach out of it nutrients leach out of the sandy soil right. so you kind of have to constantly be adding oh, some organic matter okay okay so it slows down the um I guess the nutrient loss and, or breathe. it adds keeps adding yes. nutrients, uh, nutrients and then it, it starts of course as you know much better than I it starts with fungi mm -hmm. yes. and they start to release the nutrients and because we're basically a warm climate 11 and a half months of the year yes <laughs> uh, the mulch breaks down really fast question yes let me talk about the the mulch system we yes. use it's it's pretty labor intensive <laughs> first of all these are wood chips they come from local tree pruning companies and for them it's a waste product so mm -hmm. they have a, a truckload of wood chips to get rid of every day so they just okay. drop it on in big piles here when i call them up and um so we've been dropping mulch here since 2016 probably a, a total of up to several feet have been dropped here okay. and it decomposes very rapidly yes and you can see what the soil yeah. what the soil is like is dark. yes there's old <laughs> chunks of wood but n normally if, if i dig down a little farther mm -hmm. i'll eventually just get to the gray sand here oh. but you can see this is like wow. iowa topsoil here yeah <laughs> 
the common folk don't really know how pineapples grow. They're like, oh, they're just from trees. Um, so yeah, explain how pineapples grow and sure. Um, they're actually a great thing to grow here. Uh, they they're in the bromeliad family, okay. uh, which is a kind of relatively recent branch of the plant world. Okay. And uh, I think they're the only edible bromeliad. But um, so they they grow. It takes about 18. It, they're not annuals. They take usually about 18 months to two years. Okay. And they produce the fruit, mm -hmm. and uh, you, it'll be you you harvest it when it starts to get some yellow color at the bottom. See the yellow color on them now is just sunburn. Okay. So they haven't started ripening yet. Got it. And then uh, actually. All the, they're, they're different varieties, but these are all the grocery store varieties. You can't really beat the grocery store variety. Okay. Um, it doesn't have like thorn, sharp yeah. abrasive edges or point deadly, deadly sharp mm -hmm. leaves. Um, but you can actually just cut the top off a pineapple from the grocery store and start it in a pot okay. or even in the ground. So, okay. So and, that's the only one you can actually take from... I guess from the grocery store and replant it into yes, the it's, you animal. will not find a better variety okay. to grow, and um, it it's normally will grow uh, just take like a top half inch or so mm -hmm. of the fruit and okay. and get it started. They're super hardy. Um, the part shade is, might be better than sun. Okay. But they don't like to be in in wet spots. Uh -huh. You see, I have them mounted yeah. a little bit. Then they will produce little buds called pups. And normally what you do is you you can take a pup off and just put it in a pot and it will root out oh. for you. Normally what you do, like on, they will, they will fruit, but the fruit is, gets smaller. And okay. so normally what they do is let it produce once, mm -hmm. uh, take off pups and replant the pups. Okay. They're, they're super easy to grow. They're, there's almost nothing to them. The only, the main challenge is protecting them from animals because uh -huh. when they're about ready oh, they the raccoons and squirrels will just and possums will go after them yeah. so if you have a like a area that's in a lanai you can grow them in pots pretty well mm -hmm. um, it's a good thing to grow on a lanai if you're you know don't have if you're in an urban area you can yeah. still grow them perfectly easily in a pot so wow. they're they're a really fun thing to grow and a fresh harvested pineapple is just a, <laughs> a million times better yes. than one that's been shipped thousands of miles it's yeah. it's it's actually it's one of the best fruits a fresh pineapple it has tremendous sweetness but also tremendous which would be unbearable if it didn't have a lot of acidity too right. and rich flavor mm -hmm. but that combination it's a, it's a one fantastic fruit yeah. if you've never had a fresh one yes. <laughs> you missed, you're yeah treat. you're in for a treat um <laughs> yes well what what happened was there was as they had so they were growing so much citrus here and they started getting different diseases first there was a, a virus that attacked the rootstock tristeza virus was a big problem there was citrus canker mm. which was more of cosmetically damaging but everybody wants to buy a, a beautiful perfect looking orange orange mm -hmm. and they the, the production has probably is less than half of its what it used to be it's it's pretty much steadily declining 
Then, worst of all, there's now something called a disease called citrus greening. That's a bacterial disease. And there's a small insect called the Asian citrus psyllid that is the vector. It transfers this, this uh, bacterium from tree to tree. And it infects the tree, interferes with its nutrient transport. So when they're infected, and they're almost all infected now with citrus oh. greening, um, you can keep them going for a while by fertil heavily fertilizing the leaves and heavily fertilizing the ground nutrients. so that they're sort of getting some nutrients everywhere. But the trees just decline over time. And this is a really difficult disease to deal with because they can't keep the bacterium alive in the laboratory, so it's very hard to study. There may be a cure coming out um, using, using a chemical from a, cit a cit kind of citrus relative plant but, um, called finger, finger lime. Finger lime, I have but, heard uh, those. But basically, we'll have, the next per we'll have the next scourge coming along because we've just so overgrown them and just pretty much run citrus into the ground for for now, wow. yeah. They are coming up with new varieties. I've got some of the new varieties that are more disease resistant and they're, they're working pretty well, but um, it's hard to imagine the industry getting back to where it, where it was. Yeah, so how, how do we kind of move in the future of that? What should we be planting instead of citrus? Well, I'm fond of pointing out that the problem of growing food in every possible climate is, has already been solved long ago by human beings. <laughs> there are all kinds of things that grow well. There are tropical, tropical vegetables grow wonderfully here. Hmm. They're just unfamiliar. What, what would things like be? longevity spinach, Malabar spinach, they're not really spinaches, they're okay. just le leafy plants. Katuk is a leafy green. There, there are many leafy greens that are adapted to tropical climates. There are many plants that are adapted to different climates. Cassava grows well here. Uh, it grows well in the worst conditions all over the world. There are food plants that grow here in any, in any climate. Mm -hmm. We're, they're just unfamiliar. Interesting. Yeah, and why, why is it hard to, I guess, break that stigma for people and introduce new foods? It's just... Yeah, people, <laughs> I, you know, it's hard to change consumer sentiments. Mm -hmm. uh, and we still have industrial agriculture that's based on using enormous amounts of energy to, instead of choosing a plant that works in the environment, you change the environment to work for that plant. What are some of the things that you grow here um, on this property? Well, uh, the fruit trees, uh, mangoes and avocados are probably the, the biggest ones. Okay. Um, mango is a wonderful, a fantastic fruit that's very well, highly developed and there's all kinds of wonderful mangoes and they're very well adapted to this climate. Yes. Uh, avocados, there are many avocado varieties. Mm -hmm. the, the, the Haas doesn't do so, <laughs> doesn't grow well here in general. It can be grown, but it's not very well adapted to humid climates. Okay. It's a California avocado. Oh, okay, okay. And, uh, but there are many, many good avocados that grow here. Uh, okay. And then we, there are many fruits. Um, is that th this is a longan. Oh, uh, yes, this, uh, the fruit's probably not quite there yet, but um, if you're familiar with it, you know how to eat it. You kind of nick, nick the skin and oh. yep. Okay. They're, yeah, they're not, and this, I've, I've this, I'm kind of disappointed in this tree. The fruit is not as good as I'd hoped. It's kind of, I find it a little bit flavorless, a um, little bit bland. Can you explain the difference with 
Longan, mm -hmm. uh, lychee, and then rambutan. Right, sure. Uh, yes, lychee and longan are just different species. They're cousins. Okay. So lychee is kind of the, the glamour cousin. Okay. And longan's kind of the working cousin. Oh. So lychees are more temperamental fruiters, um, and they are now sub. Well, I can tell you. Uh, I'll tell you more about that later. But okay. um, longans are more reliable fruiters. Um, and then rambutan is another uh, another tree in that family that has very interesting fruit, but it, it's too tropical to grow here. Okay. It may grow in very very southern Key West, maybe, but it's not. It's too tropical. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And these are also called dragon's eye. Yes, dragon's eye is a, like an Asian name, I guess, for uh, longan. Yeah, but it's very popular with Asian. I have Vietnamese acquaintances who just come come here and they they immediately their eyes immediately land on the longan trees yeah. <laughs> yeah no i really like how i don't know they just look so unique and yeah again people don't really see the fruit before it's picked you see it in like a cocktail mix or like a drink or a juice so it is also really nice to see where it comes from yeah i guess a point that's important here too it's some like so many of these fruits be, because of the way we do agriculture mm -hmm. shipping is a big concern yep. right citrus can sit there for a month or two bananas you know if you pick them completely green you can ship them here from central america mm -hmm. in two and a half weeks in 17 days or whatever <laughs> you know and whereas these fruits these, these don't won't last long okay. these will last a, a few days on the shelf okay if you put them in the refrigerator, they're still pretty good, but okay. they're not as good. Mm. So these are, people normally eat fruit. They go down to the market every day where the fruit farmer picked the fruit that morning and is selling it now, and you yep. get your fruit off, basically off the tree. Mm -hmm. So shelf life is a major commercial concern. That's one of the reasons these rare fruits are still. Uh. a bunch of bats up there if there's more fruit on the tree does it signal to the tree that there's too much happening and so it doesn't produce more fruit or flowers or or is it just because of like the splitting is why you kind of prune it back um pruning is pruning is just to control the size for like working on the tree and right. and so on mm -hmm. but the um the fruit production uh it's, 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 there's some mystery. Like I have two mango trees of this variety, mm -hmm. which is called lemon meringue. Mm -hmm. And one of them, as you can see, it's loaded with fruit. I've already harvested a lot off this okay. tree and it still has that much fruit. And it's a wonderful tasting mango. And I have another one, a hundred feet away. Mm -hmm. I, it produced one fruit this year and I don't <laughs> know why. So, uh, you know, we, there's so much going on out out in nature yes. that, and so little of it that we actually perceive mm -hmm. and so it, it, there is some a lot of mystery about production there are okay. some species avocados have a tendency to produce a big crop one year and then a very little the next yep. year alternate bearing yep. so there are all kinds of patterns but yeah okay. pollination is a factor too um, yeah. if you have poor pollination that cuts the the uh, fruiting down interferes with fruiting mm -hmm. 
But then there's some species like star fruit that just produce mass, oh, massive amounts of fruit. They just, they just <laughs> pour fruit pours off them, yes. So okay. it, it, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and what are some of the pollinators that um, are here? Uh, interestingly, um, of course, honeybees pop pollinate some things, but um, I'm actually have reservations about any everybody wanting to have backyard bees because yeah. that's flooding our ecology pollinator ecology with one invasive European <laughs> pollinator. Yes. Uh, so, well, actually, a lot of these like mangoes are not pollinated by bees; they're actually pollinated by s small flies. Okay. Uh, a lot of Trees are pollinated by sort of small wasps, mm -hmm. uh, I mean teeny wasps. Uh, and then there's some that are very selective about what, what they have symbiotic relationship with one species, they allow to pollinate them, and so on. So pollination is just a, a big issue. And again, that's another reason for having a, a rich insect ecology. Yep. Yeah, we yep. were talking about that. It's all about the insects with plants. I mean, they all have a a mutualistic or some sort of like relationship with each other because I mean it's like mm -hmm. the biggest group of organisms or insects so it's like and they're tremendously stressed the mm. insect population you probably have know that in the last 40 years the, the, the estimates are that the insect population of the earth has declined 50% in Whoa. the last 40 or 50 years so pesticides work yeah. and habitat destruction just you know really wipes out large numbers of wild species yeah no so if you're going you know the pesticide free route how would you advise those people who just obviously plant things that will grow there or things that um yeah sorry to pause the video on you I just wanted to show you this uh, research study that I found on the indirect effects of pesticides on insects and other arthropods. You see, pesticides have a tricky effect on the environment. They don't always work as expected. So in this research study, they were saying that they can harm the creatures they're supposed to protect, and other times they actually hurt other animals that weren't even the target to begin with. For example, when pesticides get rid of plant-eating bugs, it can lead to more plant growth and fewer predators. And in agriculture, using insecticides and herbicides can sometimes backfire, causing more pests to appear later. In water ecosystems, pesticides can create too much algae and create those algal blooms that we all kind of talk about. This changes the types of animals living in that ecosystem, and they can also disrupt the nutrient cycling. So pesticides can cause both direct and indirect problems in nature, like a chain reaction of unexpected consequences. All right, well, back to the video. Yes, plant trees that are well adapted to the environment, plant the tree in the right place, mm -hmm. um, and then if, if a tree is under attack, it can be just because it's unhealthy. It may have a bad root system. It may have been damaged somehow that you can't see. Mm -hmm. If it's not thriving, it will become a target for insects. Right. The jujube. Jujube. Yes, um, which is Asian. It's a really crazy tree. It, it grows about 10 feet a year. Mm. Um, jujubes Whoa. are... There are some, many varieties that are used as a dried fruit. Okay. This is a variety that um, has larger fruit, and it's um, it's adapted to like fresh to fresh eating. Okay. And it fruits in January. 
and the fruit is very much like a Granny Smith apple, I kind of a, like a mini Granny Smith yes. apple. Okay. And uh, you, you just can eat it like an apple and eat the skin, okay. and it's green, and it tastes kind, kind of apple-like, has an apple-like texture. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit sweeter, which is actually better, I mm -hmm. think. And uh, the challenges of it, it's a wild grower, so it, we prune it back usually 10 feet a year. It, it grows like a vine, so. Wow. It's it's a crazy grower and it does have thorns. So um, okay, so watch out. But uh, it's it's a very interesting fruit and very very much not not very much underutilized here. I think. Yeah, shall we keep going? Yes. All right. I don't grow much in the way of stone fruits and peaches and plums. This is a the plum. This is a plum tree, a Florida, Florida plum, plum tree, tree, and that's a Florida, Florida peach tree. You oh, need specially bred ones okay. because normally temperate, temperate climate fruits need a certain amount of winter, winter yes. cold yep. to fruit, mm -hmm. and so you need special varieties that don't need that much winter cold. Okay. And so they're you know don't don't expect a nice California plum here. The peaches are very tasty, but um, I guess my attitude about about that is. If, if you're a home grower, why, why fight nature, nature right? There's so many trees that are well adapted here, and this is really taking a temperate climate species and trying to make it work in a subtropical climate. Why? And they don't live, they tend to live only 10 or 15 years. They're subject to insect attack. They're just, they're just not really well adapted to it. Small avocados tend, smaller, darker avocados tend to be high in oil content okay. and have more cold tolerance. Oh. And then others like this tend to have larger fruit. This is more of a West Indian, I guess, or Guatemalan, and okay. they have lower oil content. Now, lots of people think, oh, Florida avocados, they're horrible. They are watery and flavorless. <laughs> and that's because they're usually talking about seedling avocados, oh, okay. avocados that grew from seed. Almost yes. all, almost all the fruit trees you see here are grafted. Yes, so that's something that you see everywhere is like people collect avocado seeds after and then they just like, <laughs> I, I saw the no. eye roll. No, God, please. It may say so, to yeah. do that on the internet. Yeah, but... so explain, explain what you're actually getting when you're growing it from the yes. avocado seed. When you grow from a seed, you just get a random ge genetic combination. So you get an average avocado. Yes. Whereas if a grafted one, you're taking a branch from a mature tree and putting it on a rootstock, mm -hmm. and you get exactly genetically, it's the tree that it came from. You get an exact genetic copy mm -hmm. of the parent of that tree. That yep. tree is immortalized. Yep. It's like apples and things. Yes. Like that too. So most of these are actually technically not trees. They're just branches growing on a root on a root system. Right? <laughs> yeah. And and that way you know exactly what you're getting. Mm -hmm. um, and usually, of course, people choose the best the best trees, especially the best tasting ones. So you're getting this mango, the mango trees are among the best tasting mangoes ever, ever found. Mm. The other advantage is that um, when you plant a seed, and this is a, also very significant, when you plant a seed, it, it goes through a juvenile phase, mm -hmm. right? Because a seed in nature 
what is its priority? It needs to get large and compete for sunlight. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not going to fruit when it's this tall. It right. doesn't have enough energy stored and it can't get light. Mm -hmm. So seedlings tend to grow up very rapidly and competing for light. And they don't fruit until they're well established, which may be three years, four years, yeah. eight years, ten years. So you plant this avocado seed <laughs> and you wait eight years and you get a lousy avocado. Yep. Oh, you have a nice, a nice place. ornamental tree. Yep, yep. So, look at that. Look at this oblong. This is a uh, another variety of avocado called a day. Okay. And it's again, it's much smaller fruit, yeah. higher oil content. Mm -hmm. This tree here, these two here, um, maybe we'll stand in the shade and there I can you tell you about them. They're an interesting contrast to some of these other fruits because they are very underdeveloped fruit. Ooh. Mangoes have been bred for thousands of years, right. and so have lychees. Okay. And they're very, you know, been selected by gener many generations. Whereas this fruit here called a, a white, it's called white sapote. It, yes. it is not very well developed. Sapote, I yeah. know of those. Okay. They have, uh, they still have large seeds. They have, lots of them have very good flavor. They have very thin skins, mm -hmm. uh, large seeds. So over time, if as they develop as, as they're developed if they're developed the seeds will get smaller they'll get more flesh maybe a little bit thicker skin other you know characteristics so um and like many things they're called sapotes but they're not in the sapote family there's oh. many many terrible names in the in the fruit world so oh. but um it's it's a very interesting fruit and some some people really like them they're kind of kind of like a pear with vanilla overtones. What does the root system kind of look like? Because other plants, you know, not uh, as big. Interestingly, but... yeah, people imagine like, here's the tree and then here's the root system. Yep. It's like a mirror image. But mm. in fact, the, the root system is more like a pancake. Oh, so it's it, right it on the surface out, a little uh, bit most more. Of the, most of what happens is in the top two feet or so of gotcha. soil. They don't, they don't go down deeply. Um, oh, okay. I don't know whether that's partly it's because the groundwater comes up close to the surface and so the roots might not mm -hmm. fare well, but um, I think that's just because that's where the nutrients are. The roots go for the yeah. nutrients, nutrients and okay. that's where the soil ecology is the richest. Can try this it has a seed in the it has a seed in the middle so um but Ooh, it's it's okay. called peanut butter fruit it tastes like kind of a vegetable -y peanut taste whoa i've never heard of this uh-huh it's it's a great edible landscape tree because it's small and very wow. productive uh the fruits let's see there aren't too many ripe ones the shelf life is about 20 minutes, that's why. So it's, it's not a very commercial yeah, fruit. Yeah, I mean, it's already kind of falling off yes, a little bit here. Yes, yes, there's some, some and wow. uh, somebody got to that one already. Let's see. Here's one that's a little less fully ripe. Oh, yeah. well, all right. But this is, this is a great, uh, great edible landscape tree. It fruits continuously. It's, uh, it, this is a tree that you just grow from seed because it doesn't have different varieties. They're all okay. the same. They fruit in a couple years. You supply some of the fruit to farmers markets here. So, what are some of those markets in the area? Uh, there are several. There's a large uh, downtown Sarasota farmers market on Saturdays, and there's a seller, that, a consignment seller there, who takes fruit from local growers, mm -hmm. and and gives you a, a percentage. Okay. 
Um, could sell at other farmers markets, I'm sure, um, but I, I just uh, I could sell more at farmers markets if yeah. I worked at it. But I sell to private a few private customers. Mm -hmm. I give to friends and relatives. Right. I give a lot to charity. Mm -hmm. So we try to find homes for all the fruit that yeah. is produced. Yeah, because your main focus is not really to make money on this. You're just trying to give back to the community um, and also just, I guess, educate people since you do have um, workshops and other things monthly during the cooler time. So that's yes. also what I like. And I'm also an officer in the fruit tree club the manatee okay. rare fruit council um, okay. that supports home growers yes what this is, is this? a star fruit tree the actual name is carambola but it's got got the commercial name star fruit oh because gosh. the the when fruit is um you know the the cross cross section is a star yeah you don't see that until you cut into it yes and you're like as a child yeah. growing up i was like oh my god they're actual stars like dad how'd you do that <laughs> And uh, it's it's a it's a pretty good fruit. Um, I don't think mangoes have anything to be afraid of, but um, it's a good fruit. Um, it's very it's kind of popular, and yeah. uh, these graf a grafted variety like this mm -hmm. is is quite good. I love star fruit. Yeah, and they're super productive. So yeah, yeah I can see that mm -hmm. they look like they're older leaves, but they're just actual fruits hanging on. Mm -hmm. Wow, what else we got in here? Oh, let's um let's head this way. Yes, I try to pick up my fallen fruit to interrupt uh, pest, pest right. life cycles. Um, I leave some, uh, you leave a few mangoes on the ground so that squirrels and stuff will hopefully eat What other like advice would you give people getting into um, planting fruit trees or fruit farming? Um, I think fruit farming is is going to be a real challenge here for this kind of fruit. The reason the reason you don't see like big mango farms here mm -hmm. is that well, certainly one reason is that probably every 10 years or 15 years, eventually there's going to be a really really bad freeze. Oh. or a really, really bad hurricane. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when there's a multiple nights of free temperature well below freezing and, you know, half your mango trees are dead or mm. die, dying way back, there's ju it's just too risky. Mm -hmm. You can't compete with a, a truly more tropical climate that's never going to have freezes. And right. it's, it's just too risky. Away. Yeah. But it's great for home growers because if you're, if you're, mango crop fails you just buy you know yeah. buy your mangoes that year but <laughs> but uh so getting you know an avocado tree a good avocado tree a good mango tree is a good start okay i'm mesmerized by these uh these big ends the jackfruit yep. yes uh, do you want to go and look at them sure oh stay this is Ad KK. Do you want to energize with a purpose? I love obviously having caffeine like everybody else, but I'm tired of the crashes. I drink a lot of energy drinks and I know they're not the best for me, but sovereignty, 
mission really meshed with mine and I totally agree. So I like to have my morning energy with a purpose. You want to be on top of things, but you don't want to have that jitteriness. Uh, so sovereignty is just for you then. So what I like to do is mix it into my smoothies of all of the ingredients that I use to make my morning smoothies. I also, um, in this video, did not include my protein powder, which I usually have some sort of collagen protein or some sort of protein powder that I mix into there because having protein in your breakfast is an important way to satiate yourself. It's got 115 milligrams of caffeine, so that's around a cup, cup and a half of coffee. Got the green coffee bean extract. We have cordyceps, we have ashwagandha, bacopa, beetroot, hemp blend which is cbd and cbg so again when you're having cbd <clears throat> you want to have a full spectrum cbd with all of the other constituents like cbd cbg cbc it's also got cherry blueberry uh, broccoli kale and turmeric extract in their stuff it's also only 25 calories so um, I like their tagline, which is energy with a purpose. But yes, you can live life with a purpose, energize with a purpose, and also dream with a purpose. So having these products are really important to have into your daily life. If you are struggling with being lethargic, uh, having that drained energy, uh, just wanting to have that natural boost and that natural healthy boost that you want to have. And then also having the natural way of falling asleep. So those are just some things that keep into account when you are going through your daily life. So if you're an entrepreneur, farmer, busy person, or even a student, Purpose has got your back. No more sluggish afternoons and hello productivity that lasts. So grab your blend. You can actually get 20% uh, off using the code KK20 at checkout. That is KK20 at checkout for 20% off of the Sovereignty blends. All right, back to the video. Used to be something we would grow this far inland but um seems to be doing pretty well now oh my God. the texture yeah. is driving me crazy i love it yeah and they're like look at this look at the size uh, <laughs> and these are not 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 full size yet so how does it hold on like how does it stay wow it's a thick stem. yes That's it has why. a thick stem is a very strong you can see it's a very yeah. mus muscular tree this is its first big crop That was probably a male flower. The male flowers only oh. get about that large and they pollinate and then oh, they okay. fall off. So yep. And then these out. are all female fruit. Okay, so yep. the females are bigger, obviously. Yeah, they stay the... on the tree and then eventually oh. are the fruit. And Wow. Yeah, jackfruit is actually a, a wonderful, around the world, it's a wonderful food source, a tremendous food source around the world. And how would you recommend somebody eating this? How does one... Um, there is a technique to cutting technique. them. Okay. Yes, you kind of need to know, know how to do it. Right. So <laughs> ask somebody who's familiar with it. We will look it up and demonstrate. Yes. Yeah, this, this is, um, again, this is a citrus. This is actually very good looking for a citrus tree. Um, <laughs> This is <laughs> well, a good looking citrus tree. This is nice. 
this is a, actually a tangerine tree and I never, it, it's party, but it, the fruit is not good. And then we grafted this fruit onto it. These are all, these branches are grafted on. So this is a different citrus that was grafted onto this tree. Um, that's called a Pal Palestine lime. It's kind of a strange fruit. It, um, it's a citrus, but it's very watery. It has no acidity, so oh. it, it tastes very... This is definitely in the aficionado. I, I've got a Palestine lime. Do you oh. have one? Fancy. <laughs> yes. I like it. And then we're talking about the controversy on is banana... Tree. Is it a tree? Yes. That's uh, it's really a herbaceous about. plant. It doesn't make mm -hmm. wood. Um, mm. it, it, bananas Explain are, what that means. They're really interesting. Um, you can come right through here. It has a huge underground root, kind of giant potato root called a corm. Yes. I don't know why they call it yeah, that. Yeah, corm. And uh, it sends up stalks. So each stalk produces about 35 leaves and then forms fruit. Uh, I don't see any fruit on these, but we'll mm -hmm. see some. We can see some later. Mm -hmm. uh, forms a fruit, um, and then it takes three to six months for the fruit to mature, and then that stalk won't produce anymore. So we. Wow. Just so chop then it you off. Cut it. Okay. Yeah. Because I have heard if you cut it, then it doesn't grow back, but you could kill it. Is there a specific way to prune back? Not really. They're they're very vigorous. You okay. just you can just they we just, just cut it off. And we we cut off like they tend to send up many shoots, and we mm. try to keep them to two or three. Okay. Or they they turn into big. Right. Jungle forests. Okay, it's kind mats. of like a rhizome yeah. situation where. And this is interesting because this type of banana, there are many kinds. This is a, called Gros Michel, okay. fat fat Mike, <laughs> and uh, it used to like be coming? a. <laughs> it used to be the the uh, one of the dominant commercial varieties all over the world, mm. and then it, a certain, pan, I think it's called Panama disease, uh, some kind of viral disease. Fungal, fungal disease right. or viral disease just wiped it out. Just, yep. And Cavendish, I've read, yep. is undergoing that same kind of phenomenon. So they need, a, they need a new variety to be the main commercial variety. Wow. But it meant there are so many different kinds of bananas that, you know, the store-bought bananas are kind of boring compared to all the different. Yeah. <laughs> These are great for home growers because okay. bananas are really easy to grow. Just, they need a lot of fertility and water, but you just Get a, I recommend getting a dwarf banana. I have one. Yes. I have one dwarf banana. And um, and they'll just keep sending up shoots and sending up shoots. If they freeze, they, they can freeze back to the ground, but they'll send up more shoots. Oh, okay. That's so good they won't know. die. Good. And okay. they're so much fun to grow. It's just, you know, even if you don't, if, even if it doesn't work out for you to get fruit, you yeah. still had fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's still, I mean, it's an icon of a yes. plant. So, yes. It's, plant. it's a cool, yeah. just a a really fun plant to grow. Oh! Wow. Look at that. Figs are kind of a challenge here, but this one particular one does well. The fruit is pretty bland. It's called a green Aisha. But okay. Oh, it's, so it's a green one. It's green and that the birds don't hit it nearly as much okay. when it's green. It... It, 
oh, these are my some dwarf bananas. There's a okay. nice bunch. Um, that's one's about about ready to cut. And I love how bananas flower. Like yeah. Like that huge. Yes, we have a couple flowering down oh there. Gosh, you yes. can get some shots of them. The Ninja Jabota Cabas, um, it's a, like, if you know anyone from Brazil, they'll know all about okay. Jabota Cabas. See, the fruit is on the trunk. Oh, See wow. that fruiting? Whoa. These are very fast growers because they're, they're nitrogen fixing. Uh-huh, okay. And, um, they're used in coffee patients in Brazil because they, they're nitrogen fixes. We've got to get our food system a lot more diversified. Um, and it, nature will force us to. But I think if we can get our food system more diverse, get used to eating different kinds of food. In the long term, if, if we can get a start on just a different mindset where we're more connected to nature. I mean, every, everybody knows this, that we need, we've gotten so disconnected from nature and, you know, I think we're getting enough screen time. I mean, it's great, but I don't think, you know, I don't think the solution to our problem is that we need more technology, right? We've got, we've got enough technology. So, so uh, you know, I, I think if we can try to get more people connected to nature and conscious of what's going on there, there is enormous, I mean, just scary ecological destruction happening. And, and, and don't even, don't, I, I can't watch documentaries on the ocean anymore. Just <laughs> know, it's just too, too tragic, yes. yes. So, you know, it hasn't, you know, you think it's bad on land, wait till you could, but, um, yeah. you know, Whatever we can do to move in the direction of more regenerative agriculture and being more open-minded about what we eat and, right. and, and understanding that, you know, food that only costs 8% of your income or something, that's, that's not sustainable, right? Mm. That's, that's not the way the world really works. It's, mm. being, it's being paid for somehow. Yes. It's yep. just, if it's not coming out of your pocket, it's coming out of the environment. So. We, we just need to uh, try to move in that direction, try to change hearts and minds. And uh, if getting people to grow food, any kind of food, yep. is, is, a, is a good step in that direction. And that leads to my last question, how can people get more involved? And we've just been talking about that over and over. And so it's, it's the same thing. Like I rather invest in better produce and better food for myself in the beginning than pay for it after, so.
I love your property and love the fruit trees and I love what you stand for. So thank, thank you for you. being here. Tired of feeling drained and lethargic? Wish you could boost your energy levels naturally and stay focused throughout the day with no crash? I've been struggling with this problem too. Thank you to Sovereignty's Purpose for the ultimate energy of the day. Imagine a world where you wake up feeling refreshed, alert, and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way. With Sovereignty, you live your life with purpose. Whether you're tackling a project, powering through a workout, or simply need a pick-me-up during the day, Purpose is carefully crafted with a powerful combination of amazing ingredients like green coffee bean extract, cordyceps, ashwagandha, bacopa, beet juice, hemp blend, green tea extract, cherry, blueberry, broccoli, kale, and turmeric extract. All of this is only 25 calories and 115 milligrams of caffeine with no jitters and no crashes. Harness this aptogenic blend of benefits in your next smoothie, drink, cocktail, or dessert. Whether you're an entrepreneur, farmer, business professional, or student, Purpose has got your back. No more sluggish afternoons and hello productivity that lasts. Grab your blend with 10% off using the code KK10 on Sovereignty.co. That's S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-T-Y dot C-O and use KK20 for 20% off at checkout.